tuned in and our weekly, hopefully, uh, journey into what's new in Frogtown. Uh, welcome to Frogtown. And today we're going to have uh, a gentleman and a couple of his associates that are going to talk to us about uh, the uplift movement. And I'm going to turn it over to uh, Jonathan Jones. How are you doing today, Jonathan? Doing excellent, sir. How are you? Oh, just great, great. Um, I'm glad you were able to stop in today, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to make some sense out of uh, what you've got going on and uh, future endeavors. And then uh, you can tell us a little bit about what's in the future for WFNU and yourself. Oh, so I'm going to throw the mic over to you, and you just go ahead and go. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Jonathan C.W. Jones. I am the founder of Ideation 4. Ideation 4 is an education consulting firm working in the intersections of philanthropy, education, and business. So what do we do? We do grant workshops, grant writing, grant reviewing, and coaching for organizations based out of the Twin Cities area. Um, also, I am the creator of Uplift, which is an annual publication, and I am the founder of a new Minnesota nonprofit called the Uplift Movement. What does the Uplift Movement do? We publish an annual publication celebrating black excellence, specifically black male educators in the USA. And I'm happy to share that I'm here with um, two of my business associates. One um, is uh, Christopher Jones. I'll let him introduce himself. And Mr. William. Go ahead, Christopher. Hello, my name is Christopher. I'm eight years old and I'm born in third grade. I have been helping my dad to do interviews of black male educators. Take it away, Mr. William. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is William and I am a rising senior at McAllister College and I'm also an intern for Ideation 4 and Uplift. All right, William, um, we, we heard about Jonathan and Christopher. Tell us a little bit about what you got going on in uh, McAllister. Oh, uh, yeah. Right now at McAllister, I'm a psych and education major. I'm currently Ooh. going into my final year. So, you know, getting ready for, you know, looking for post-grad things. And I'm excited to be working with um, Jonathan this summer and learning a lot more about the intersections of philanthropy, business, and education. Okay, that's great. Um, Jonathan, tell us a little bit about your background uh, in education. So I have been in the field of education for since I will date myself. I'm, I'm okay with that now. <laughs> I've been in education since 1993. I got my start in education. A gentleman by the name of Mr. Dwayne Dutrell gave me my first job as an educational assistant. Um, and I worked for St. Paul Public Schools in 1993 and worked with African-American uh, males, primarily in third and fourth grade, and I've been in education ever since. Um, and uh, more recently, um, I actually have returned back to St. Paul Public Schools and actually hold a leadership position, and um, I am an instructional coach. Okay, great. So uh, what drew you to philanthropy? Great question, great question. So I have been doing, since I got into the, since I graduated from college and came back home, um, started teaching, one of the issues within the field of education is that there is a lack of resources in education. In general, most educators come into school buildings and there are there is no funds for basic materials like classroom, uh, you know, post-it notes, crayons, um, basic classroom materials. So most teachers, 
come into classrooms where they're they're, they're going to have to learn how to find resources outside of the school. So nowadays, teachers spend well over $740 a year on basic classroom materials. They'll set up GoFundMe pages. They'll set up uh, donors choose uh, uh, pages for them to raise funds for them to get basic materials for their students. So when I came into the field, I, I made it a point to learn about how to find resources and specifically how to find grants for educators for their classrooms, for their schools, and for their school districts. And I've been on this journey now ever since, um, learning about finding resources. So that's what brought me into wanting to know more about philanthropy and resources that are out there that we could leverage to actually benefit our, the students that I was working with. Now let's talk about the intersection a little bit of business into philanthropy and education. So could you expound on that a little bit? In education, teachers spend on an average of $740 for basic class materials and supplies. Educators don't know where to find grants or how to go after them. Black-led nonprofits are 24% smaller than the revenues of their white-led counterparts. Thank you, Christopher. Um, yeah, so like my son said, um, there are a lot of discrepancies, or a lot of uh, inequities in the, in the field of education. and leveraging finding out what resources and specifically uh, community-based grants that are out there is one thing that teachers in general don't know there's no professional development provided for teachers to learn about those resources and or time um, professional development time to actually write their narratives to go after those resources um, to um, you know support the, the work that they're doing in their classrooms and their schools um, so given that um, I started doing grant writing workshops um, in the community um, um, based out of um, typically we would be at um, local um, community places doing holding uh, workshops that were either an hour or two hours long and um, when we did those workshops we would typically be like at Golden Time Cafe um, or Neon in Minneapolis um, we've always were very um, particular about the the locations that we wanted to provide the workshops we wanted to be in the community providing the community support that was needed okay um, William, what um, what have you done with uh, Jonathan this summer so far? Uh, this summer, I've been um, working not only as like the events planner for our current event that's coming up on September third to the September fifth called the Gathering. Um, more about that later. Um, I've also been working on the publication, um, editing, and putting in content. Okay. And Jonathan, has he been a big help? He's been a tremendous help. <laughs> he has been a tremendous because help. Because I, I noticed that smile when, <laughs> when he started talking about the stuff he's doing. It just And I know how busy you are. So um, that's why it was great that we could get you in here today and uh, talk about a few things. So um, what is the Uplift Movement? Tell us a little bit about it. Okay. Okay, <laughs> sorry, me and my son are going back and forth. He wanted to share it. Um, so the uplift movement, I will say, probably a good six years ago, um, the idea of uplift. So first, I'll just tell you what uplift is. The uplift publication is an annual publication that's celebrating Black male educators across the country on an annual basis. Our first issue came out last year, and we celebrated forty educators from a superintendent, um, like, for example, Superintendent Ashno Sai, who is a local superintendent, um, Dwayne Duturel, who was my mentor and my first boss in education, uh, to educational aides, uh, to uh, teachers who are new, 
um, novice teachers to more seasoned educators, along with um, uh, K-12 um, individuals like um, Dr. Travis Bristol um, was in the first issue. So we are currently working on the second issue as, um, as uh, William um, shared, and we'll have about 30 some additional um, uh, educators who are joining the, the movement. And the whole idea behind it is that um, in the field of education, there are 80,000 black male educators in our country. With that, saying that, there's also 114,000 schools in our school district. So you do the math. There's not even enough for one black male educator in all of the schools. So um, one uh, statistic that goes around a lot that you may have heard is that um, in the field of education, there's only 2% of black male educators. So I wanted to be about something that was a little bit larger than myself. What kind of work can I do that will help recruit and more specifically retain and empower black male educators to stay in the field of education. Um, rewinding back a few years, um, uh, I worked at Intermediate District uh, 916 and we did um, a, a kind of a media campaign one year where we actually gathered all the black male educators in the building and we all conspired and decided, you know, we're gonna do this because we had an issue. The kids came to school, uh, I worked at a Federal Four um, program and the kids were coming to school sagging their pants and we were concerned about their image as young men. So we decided to do something about it. So collectively we decided, um, I believe it was like two or three days, we actually came to work all suited up, all in suits, all of us collectively. And then on top of that, um, I worked with a, a gentleman by the name of Mr. Ricky Rucker and he did some really amazing photo shots of us. And the effect it had on the kids was, I mean, instant. Um, it, it, they wanted to um, come in. They said, can we get in the pictures? And they're like, yeah, come, come, come tomorrow, get dressed up. And oh, by the way, there's no sagging. You're gonna come and represent yourself fully. Um, so that during that week of school, we did kind of some photo shoots. So that was kind of the seed for Uplift. And it got me thinking, you know, what if there was some kind of publication that we highlighted the work of black male educators um, on an annual basis um, and shared that with the world. Okay. Um, how did you hear about uh, Uplift, uh, William? Uh, yeah, during my summer internship search, um, I got partnered up through Impact Hub, which is um, a local organization that partners um, young college students like myself with um, local nonprofits and businesses that are trying to do um, impact work. So not just going to business for profit, but trying to make actual systemic change. And for me, one of the passions that I was passionate about was, you know, racial injustice and especially within the context of education. And so I landed on ideation for and uplift and met Jonathan and he kind of met all my interests, which was focusing on um, highlighting black male educators, focusing on trying to highlight black male educators. And especially for me, I'm very passionate about um, student well-being and especially the like well-being of black youth and as we've like started to, as we've shared and Jonathan shared um, the effect that black male educators have on black male students is astronomical um, and so I was really um, enamored by that work and wanted to get into that. Okay. Jonathan when is the actual publication coming out? Great question. So the publication is available right now. It will come out in September. Um, Pre-orders are available online. Um, everybody, you can go to upliftmovement.org and pre-order. And right now, your pre-orders, you would you will actually go into our Eventbrite link, and you can actually pre-order the publication through the Eventbrite link that's on our website. Okay, great. Um, give me the dates of the Uplift uh, gathering. 
September 3rd through 5th. Where? And it's at the Idea Center. And even bright. So just say it again. So, um, it's at September 3rd through 5th at the Idea Center. All right. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so um, where did you have it last year? You, you must have went virtual then, didn't you? We did. Last year, um, because of the pandemic, we, we did uh, have it virtual. We used a platform called Hopin, um, which worked out pretty good. It was, it, was, it was pretty nice, but I know that a lot of the cohort members, that was one of my um, original questions when the cohort members for the first edition um, was uh, told that they were part of the first edition. A lot of them wanted to come, um, but because of the pandemic, we were unable we were unable to gather folks. Mm -hmm. So we went virtual um, and had, a, had an amazing event. Oh yeah, I like that little. So you got the got involved with that, Christopher? Yep. Do you, and you did you look forward to doing it live this year instead of doing it via virtual? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna tell you something, buddy. You you've got a great radio voice. <laughs> As he smiles. <laughs> okay, so J Jonathan, tell me what's gonna um, fill up the the. September 3rd through the 5th. Definitely. Tell me a little bit about it. So we are super excited. Um, we have a whole bunch of rock stars. One of the biggest benefits of creating Uplift for me personally has been the chance to connect with a variety of very gifted individuals, um, educators who the majority of them, I would say probably a good 90 I'd say probably, yeah, 90% of them not only are working in the field of education, but in addition to that, they may be also working outside of the field of education. They may be writing books. They may be um, a professor doing research um, and also have, may have their own nonprofit or uh, for-profit organization. So one of the individuals that we will be highlighting is um, Teacher of the Year 2016, Mr. Abdul Wright. I'm super excited to be working with him again. We had the opportunity to work with him and interview with him um, a couple months back when we partnered with Hamlin University's um, teacher residency uh, program that they have there. Um, we also have, and I'll share the title of his, I'll let William do it. Go ahead, William. Oh, yeah, the title of his talk is The Urgency of Identity, Cultivating Space in All Spaces. Wow, that's, that's pretty cool. That's going to encompass a lot of stuff. It is. It uh, is. Now, how long do you think you'll be able to speak? You know, you, you're going to be jam-packed, so... We, we, we are, but he's going to be our keynote, so we're going to give him a little space so he okay. can he okay. can have a little bit more time. Mm -hmm. um, so um, we'd say probably about an hour or so. Um, and, yeah, he's he's going to bring it. He brought it at the last event that we, we had, and we just thoroughly enjoyed um, his wisdom and his insights. Okay, so again, repeat where people could get more information and get the, the link to the Eventbrite. Yep, so you the, our Eventbrite is embedded on our website, and you want to go to upliftmovement.org. That's U-P-L-I-F-T-M-O-V-E-M-E-N-T.org. 
and the Eventbrite link is there. We do have an early bird special. Um, I do want to share a couple of your other folks who will be at, uh, presenting as well because we have a whole host of folks. Um, it's not just me getting up. Um, the whole point of this event is called The Gathering. The, the purpose is really to bring us together as educators and to remind us uh, of one of our excellence, the work we're doing, find out more about the work we're doing um, individually and how does that relate to us collectively and also um, reminding us to, to connect um, because when educators go through their training um, and their, uh, their, their pre-service uh, uh, training as educators, one of the things that I think that doesn't always get communicated is that we, we need to make sure that we're networking. Yes, you get into your school system and get into your classroom and set up your classrooms, but don't forget the value of networking. That's, that's going to be crucial to helping fight some um, issues of isolation um, that, that in particular um, uh, teachers of color face um, quite often. Um, so a few of the other individuals are uh, Mr. Robert Hendricks, who is the executive director of He Is Me Institute. He's going to be his title of his topic is recruit, retain and retire black male teachers, a framework. Um, I'll share that he recently has he's a, he's phenomenal. Um, the work that he's doing, um, he recently um, raised, um, I think it's half a million dollars for his organization. Um, so I know he has a lot of wisdom to share Um and we also, one other person is Dr. Rashid Faisal. Go ahead, CJ, tell, tell them what uh, Dr. Faisal is going to be sharing with us. Preparing principal for urban K-12 experiences. And then we have one more, Mr. Marcus Flynn, the creator of Black Men Teach. And CJ, you interviewed uh, Dr. Flynn before, right? Yeah, so um, can you, do you, re do you remember what, uh, where, where is he located? Um, he's located here in Minnesota. Oh, that's great. That's what I was trying to get out of you. So there's, there's excellence in Minnesota. Just on top of the entire United States, there's definitely some excellence in Minnesota. So Jonathan, I'm gonna put you in that, uh, that role of excellence too, because you pulled this together. I just wanna know what passion keeps you going? Because I know you just started the, the nonprofit um, just a few months back, and what made you go for for profit to nonprofit? Great question. Um, first, I'll say what keeps me going. Um, one, to be honest, getting the opportunity to work with my son. Um, that that just kind of happened naturally. My son asked if he could help out and. We tried it out a couple months ago. We did some interviews with local ed local and national educators trying to help change policy here in the state of Minnesota to diversify the teacher workforce. So the chance to work with him um, and have a little fun. Um, but also the reason why we, we decided is that um, we have my company, Ideation4, is my for-profit organization. And that is focused on um, empowering the community to learn how to go after the resources they need. And um, when we created Ideation4, or excuse me, when we created Uplift, Uplift was a, a product of Ideation4. Um, but when we created it, we created a cohort model. Um, so the first cohort um, went through a variety of um, virtual sessions. And it was through those virtual sessions and conversations that I got to realizing that, okay, we need to separate these two because this the publication is much bigger than my for-profit organization. So I decided we're going to move and um, develop Uplift into the Uplift movement. Um, and we will continue to produce the Uplift um, 
uh, publication and also in the next year from now hope to really focus on developing our programming elements for the for the uh, for the nonprofit okay um, so you've got the for-profit uh, ideation for you've got the uplift movement mm -hmm. And then let's talk about something you're going to be doing with WFNU. Yes, sir. Something called the Intersections uh, Podcast. So tell us a little bit about that, and um, you can just just um, enlighten us on what we have to look forward to. Okay. okay so well, um, exploring the intersections of business philanthropy and educators, and how they can collaboratively work to address inclusion. Inequities. Nice job, Christopher. Good job. So we're looking to, because my, my interests fall across three different sectors, business, philanthropy, and um, education. We want to find um, individuals to come on to the pot, onto the, the show and find get more insights from them on how they are collectively working to address inequities um, within particularly the field of education. But how are they going about, how is business what are the partnerships that are out there right now currently? Um, what are some school districts that are working with businesses in philanthropy who are actually trying to change kind of the dynamics of um, our educational system and addressing specifically some of the inequities within this educational system? Um, we are looking um, to do these these podcasts on a monthly basis, and I believe they're on Saturdays. Yes, it will be Saturday. Um, time, I, I, I don't remember what time we actually said, but... You know, it'll be on Saturdays, and we'll get plenty of notice. And I know how you are on social media, so you'll get you'll get a buzz going. Yes, sir. And who else is going to join you on that show? I am happy to say Christopher will be hosting co-host. We will co-host together. Um, so you'll hear Christopher's shining voice again, along with me, as we interview folks in the community. Okay. So, um, did we hit everything? Well. Oh, well, currently, uh, we are still accepting donations, volunteers, and vendors. Um, if you go on our website at www.upliftmovement.org, you can apply to join and help us out on for September 3rd to September 5th. Right. So please come on out. Okay. Uh, Christopher, you have anything? No. All right. Jonathan, you want to take us home? Final words is I look forward to meeting as many folks as we can at this fall's The Gathering at the IDS Center, September 3rd through the 5th. Um, please join us this event. What we did not articulate is that this event is for pre-service teachers, current in-service teachers, K-12, and higher ed professionals and individuals who have an interest in diversifying the teacher workforce. There is a whole host of other presenters that we didn't even mention that will be here and organizations that will be represented at this event. So please register today. All right. So with that being said, we want to again specify that you can get your information on the upliftmovement.org. Uh, Jonathan, William, Christopher, Thank you for coming in, and um, we look forward to seeing you again here in the studios at WFNU. You've been listening to the Welcome to Frogtown here on WFNU LP 94.1 FM in St. Paul, Frogtown Community Radio, and this is Philip Gracious signing off.